It's the evening. The flow and ebb of magic dancing above your head fills your garden with warmth, despite the heavy falling of hail against the elevated skylight. You'd been watering, humming a little tune to yourself as the plants stretched out to you, only returning back to their comfortable positions after you had given them the attention they felt they deserved. Marlin had excused himself for the evening, leaving you alone with your thoughts. You had caught a glimpse of yourself in the reflections of one of the glyphs floating aimlessly around the room like the dark clouds overhead. You still weren't used to your new outfit and nearly jumped in surprise seeing yourself stare back in the uniform. Gone were your overalls and wool sweaters replaced by very prim and orderly buttons polished to perfection lining a dark brown coat with flourishes of forest green. The colors you were fond of, but the stiffness of the clothes, the rather strange-looking skirt, had part of you wishing that you were back home in Agonon. You absent-mindedly flip over the coin through your fingers. You'd been told that each symbol was unique, that it chose you. A bundle of ash leaves. It was hard to believe that you had once held this close to your chest like a good luck charm. Now, everyone here has one, either because they earned it or they were given one at a young age, saving their spot in the organization. You had hoped that finally passing your exam to become a full-fledged member of the Hand would have offered a respite, but instead it brought more anxiety. However, you hoped that tonight it would be cured by a hot cup of tea. Ebel had invited you to tea, as he had many times before in the past year and a half. Despite the whispers and the very unpleasant looks from Eden, you found Ebel to be good company, always filling your cup before his own and always hanging on to every word you had to share. As you climbed the spiraling staircase up the western tower, a familiar feeling came over you. You felt lost, like it was just you against the world. You were never sure why, but you always felt anxious as you climbed these stairs, a sense of unease, perhaps a subconscious part of you believing the rumors about the side of the castle. But no, no, you thought as you reached the top of the staircase, there was no such thing as vampires and there was no way that undead could be roaming the halls at night. Scary stories to tell the initiates, that was all. You stopped before your hand fell on the ornate silver doorknob and reminded yourself that it's okay to breathe. After a few moments and a few deep breaths, you open the door. And your stress leaves you. Ebel's room was always so clean, dusted twice a day, yet so disorganized. The piles of books reaching staggering heights in your past visits, and today is no different, as the elf holds up a gloved finger, as if attempting to stop a thought before it rushes out the door. And you can tell, today he was distracted. You chuckle to yourself as you walk to the far side of the room, pouring yourself a cup of tea before selecting one of the multicolored vials off the wall. Today you'll pick... Hmm, aqua. With a few drops, the liquid inside your cup seems to transform, flowing and circling as sunlight pours from the cup, illuminating the room, filling each crevice with golden light. You couldn't help but giggle as you looked over at Ebel, who glanced from the dazzling teacup to your mischievous green eyes. Three drops of aqua, the spell used to create that vial, was conducted on the outer ridges of Cree overlooking the Sultan Tower. It did not fulfill its purpose, but can be used to cure rot and vibrion in bispores and salix, respectively. 
The elf turned back to his book while you read the label on the back of the vial. You were always so amazed. Despite what combination, what vial you chose, he always knew what you picked and how much you used. Taking a sip dispelled the bright light, and it took a moment for your vision to get used to the naturally dark room. The dark oak seemed to pull all of the light in, but Ebel never seemed to mind. After some time, Ebel poured himself a cup of tea as well, pulling a vial from his coat to place four large drops within. His brew turned crimson before dispersing the tea, looking as it had once again. After a few sips, Ebel seemed to perk up, his mind at the task at hand, as he smiled warmly to you. Congratulations again, friend. I, I would like to say you lucked out. You're the first member to fill your position in a very, very long time. When you get the chance, you'll have to let me experiment on your magic. I I'm very curious as to how you were so powerful that not even a god being sealed away could stop the acquisition of your growth. This wasn't the first time that someone had mentioned that to you. The Overseer seemed to be very impressed with you when you first arrived, fast-tracking you to become the Thumb. Apparently the god of the forests and nature had been bound away years ago, and the Overseer seemed exceptionally interested in your progress. Abel looked a bit uncomfortable, or maybe he was shy? Neither were expressions you were used to, his brow furrowed as his lips shook slightly. He seemed to be dodging a question, continuously shifting his thought mid-sentence, asking you surface-level questions about your day and your last mission. After a while, the room grew silent, and you began to pace about, your magic restoring the once-again dead plant that Ebel swore that he was watering. Your eyes slowly browsed the contents of his desk. It was a large journal, written in a language you weren't familiar with, in a now-thriving houseplant, and blue and yellow powder spilling from a small sack in an organized pattern, and three heavy books. The one on top was opened, and as Ebel refilled his cup, you took the opportunity to read a few lines. While the flowers of the Agrimonia are rather small, they have been known to keep away evil spirits. Due to the frequency of the yellow flowers, most undead find the color unbearable to look at, and will oftentimes be deterred away. There is much more on this page, something about keeping away prying eyes, but Ebel's approach diverts your attention. Ebel can't seem to meet your gaze, glancing from the plant to his cup to the large book. Well, I see that you have discovered the reason I've been so antsy today. I was hoping to ask you a favor. Tell me, what do you know of strengthening sealing magic? A few weeks passed. Ebel had quite sheepishly asked you for aid in creating some plant-based powder, as well as giving him some cuttings of agrimonia and blackberry bushes. You hadn't seen him since, but you hardly had any time to think about that, as Marlin filled your days with laughter. Today was similar to yesterday. The northern wind brought an icy chill to the outside of the bulwark, so Marlin agreed to play games rather than go on the adventure outside he had promised you. But there was a caveat. He planned on telling you as many stories as your brain could handle. But you didn't mind. Not at all. You just finished a hand of poker as Marlin was finishing up a story when you saw Hux out of the corner of your eye. 
She was staring at Marlin from behind one of the large bookcases. You opened your mouth to mention something to Marlin, but Hux made herself known, stepping in as fast as she could. <laughs> well, I tell you, this orc was something else. She could cut her up better than anyone in the entire village, and she was quite the looker, too. You know, in fact, I... Oh, Hux, fancy seeing you here. You want us to deal you in? The tiefling all but ignored you as she placed a hand on Marlin's shoulder, leaning down to eye level. Oh, that's all right, Marlin. I never much liked games, but if I were to play, I would play with these. Hux placed a bag on the table, a heavy thud echoing throughout the library as she rummaged through. I know that you've been having difficulty using magic, Marlin, so I decided I would give you something that may help. Hux pulled out a set of playing cards held together in a leather-bound case. The cards themselves shimmered, dazzling, causing Marlin to gasp, reaching out and taking the deck from Hux's hand. Hux, did, did you make this? He looked at the cards, marveling as he flipped through each facing. Hux looked at you, a small, nasty smile on her face before she turned back to the cowboy, her smile now as wide and pleasant as it ever could be. I did not make them did. However, I upgraded them. Originally, these were just going to be your sealing medium, but, well, I, I am an artificer after all, so I did my thing, and she waves her hands, in which Marlin jumps up with glee, pulling the Ace of Hearts. He smiled warmly at you before throwing it through the air. Sparks flew, lightning followed behind as the card flies up before scattering into a hundred little pieces, jolts raining down. They dispersed in a wide arc as Marlin shut the case, only to open it once again to pull out the Ace of Hearts. Hooks, I, I don't know what to say. Thank you. The cowboy rushed in, embracing the tiefling, lifting her off the ground. Hux protested at first, but you could see her legs kicking in excitement as she threw her arms around him. Of course, Marlin, you've been such a grand help to me. It does have a caveat, however pushed her hair back as she was set down, looking back over at you with the same smile as before. Unfortunately, they have to be close to me in order for you to use their magic. It can't be gone too far from its enchanter, of course. Hooks, <laughs> if I get to keep these, I'll let you ride on my back in the next mission. <gasps> Careful, cowboy. You'll make your lover jealous. Another nasty smirk. Marlin waves it off, smiling up at you as he sits back down. <laughs> nah, Sunshine ain't like that. In fact, I was just telling them about the most gorgeous Earth girl you'll ever meet. You see, Sunshine's not the Joe's type. It was true, you weren't, but something about Hux just rubbed you the wrong way. You know, I don't even remember her name, but I, I swear, I was every color shade of red when she'd walk in the door. She was a dancer with perfect eyes that dazzled. You really knew what she was thinking when you looked her in the eye. You know, she was pretty as a picture. Yeah, I bet that not even Eden would be able to find the colors to contain her beauty. Marlin winked at you, flipping over the Queen of Hearts, sliding it in front of you. The face on the card was yours, making a kissy face. It was followed by the Jack, with the same thing, your face with pursed lips. The Tiefling clearly was not enjoying this conversation. There was something in her eyes. Jealousy? Anger? You couldn't tell, but your thoughts were cut short as Marlin shouted in surprise. As you stared down at the cards, he had glanced in Hux's bag, reaching in with excitement. What's in this, liquor? 
Marlin pulled out a large canteen, too big for him to hold with one hand. Popping open the top, he took a big sniff before setting it down, disappointed. Damn, Hux. I was really hoping you'd made that magic flask for me. Hux very slowly reached down and closed the canteen, placing it back in her bag before bundling her things up. I'm working on it, Marlin. Her entire mood had shifted. Marlin didn't seem to notice, returning to marveling at his cards. But you knew. Something was off. Hux didn't even return the goodbye from Marlin as she stormed off, one of her doorways forming in front of her, whisking her away. It wasn't fair. You sat, dejected, in your seat around the long table, picking idly at your food as Huck sits straight up, her shoulders squared and a smirk on her face. I'm just saying, Overseer, Marlin will strive under my direction. We've already found that his magical capabilities are improved while he casts with me. Now that simply wasn't true. You snapped, turning to the Overseer, his cloaked form holding up a hand to cut you off. A chill ran down your spine as he spoke, turning his head toward Hux. I have seen this to be true. It matters not to me the reason why his abilities are improved. He will pair with Hux and their outings from now on. I understand that you may be bitter at this, but it is important not to let your emotions get the better of you. Isn't that right, Lenelm? The overseer turned towards the door. The form of Lenelm slumped against the wall. He would oftentimes guard outside, but during recent meetings, he's been wandering in, unresponsive, seeming sluggish. He always mumbles, he always whispers to himself. The overseer often calls out to him, but he's always ignored. As always, you are a wellspring of helpful advice, Lenelm. The rest of the hand chuckles, Henrin looking up from his sketch to crumple up a piece of paper and throw it towards Lenelm. Go on, let the other one out. I want to give you another black eye. The paper struck the side of Lenelm's head. The ethereal slowly brought his head upward, looking at each member, except for you. His gaze hung the longest on the overseer before he grit his teeth, standing up a little straighter as he took another sluggish step forward, his voice raising in song. Holy. You saw the overseer tense up as Henrin laughed, crumpling up another page to throw. I would find a little bit of glory. Lenelm took another step forward, his nostrils flaring. Each step towards the overseer seemed to cause him great pain, his eyes growing wide. In the shape of your hands. The overseer stood slowly, his covered head unmoving, seemingly staring straight through the elemental. Mold me! The steps grew faster, the distance between them shortened as Lanelm began to sprint, silver blood dripping from his nose. Take the clay and model it slowly in the way of your plans. 
The song had shifted, Linelm now screaming more than singing as he leaped forward, saliva pouring from the corners of his mouth like a wild dog as he lunged to strike at the overseer. You didn't even see the overseer's hands move. Suddenly, Linelm was in a pile against the far wall. The overseer simply sighed as everyone nervously looked from the crumpled body to the now-sitting overseer. Senor, go and find Ebel. Tell him that his cocktail isn't working as intended. It is time to up the dosage. As for the rest of you, there will be no word of this outside of these walls. If I hear even a whisper, your fate will be worse than his. Suddenly, this picture-perfect life you were living shattered. You weren't ready for this. You want to go home.